With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello. This is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymore, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, Do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Father Leo Heinrichs. The life of Father Leo Heinrichs was neither singular nor distinguished. Like many others, he was an exemplary religious. Why, then, should we pause in our busy life to listen to an ordinary story of an ordinary priest? Because for every man living, there comes that finest hour, the hour of his death, which, if it be glorious, predicts the future and lifts the past out of the ordinary. And so it was with Father Leo Heinrichs, born August 15, 1867, in a little village in Germany, who came to America and was ordained priest of the Order of St. Francis at Patterson, New Jersey, on July 26, 1891. The first ten years of his ministry were devoted chiefly to parochial work in Patterson and Singyak. Then suddenly... The routine of his life was changed by a misfortune in upstate New York. Fire! Fire! The church is on fire! Hurry! Hurry! It's spreading to the school! The monastery is caught! Call the fucking brigade!
Enter, please. You sent for me, Father Superior? Sit down, Father Leo. Our entire community property was wiped out in the fire at Krogan, New York. Everything? Nothing saved? Everything. The church, monastery, the two schools, and the convent. And a large portion of the town. It may take years to rebuild. Father Bernardine has given me a full report. I don't envy him the task of rebuilding. He's to be assigned to St. Elizabeth's Friary at Denver. Oh? Who will succeed in Krogan? You, Father Leo. When do you wish me to leave? Immediately. Here is your transportation money and your instructions. Your tasks will be twofold. Pastor to the parishioners and to rebuild everything destroyed. It will take a good deal of money. Which we don't have. There was no insurance to speak of. We'll have to find the money. I'd like to tell you where, but I don't know. Any further instructions? No. Then I'll get packed. Oh, only one word, Father Leo. Yes, Father Superior. I have every confidence in you. May God go with you. It was the fall of the year 1901 when Father Leo was appointed pastor to the afflicted parish at Krogan. He set out for Krogan, a small town off the railroad, and the last ten miles of the journey was made by stage. Upon arrival, he made a survey of the damage. Brother Hillary, as I look at these ashes, I don't know where to begin. I know. It's like Father Superior always says, if you have to learn to swim, you must be thrown right into the water. And I'll have to learn to swim, or I'll drown. But all I'm doing now is treading water. Where do we live? In that barn over there. Ah. We must find a suitable place for the school and for services. And you'll find we have a faithful congregation. Already we've been offered the use of Fireman's Hall. Oh, that's good. We must see that the children miss not one day of school or the people a single service. I write at once for our architect to come and draw plans for the buildings. Well, now, there's no hurry for that, Brother Leo. Why not? We must get started. Well, very little building can be done before spring. Winter sends in early and the cold is severe. What? We can't start building until spring? You'll understand once you've spent a winter with us. And in one summer, I'm supposed to build a, a monastery, a schoolhouse, or a sister's house? How am I ever to accomplish that? I can't answer that, but somehow I think you shall. Why do you say that when you know so little about me? Well, I'm sure the Father Superior wouldn't have selected you if he thought you'd fail. Then I just have to do what's expected of me. What are all those children doing there? What's that building? That's the opera house. The wind shifted and it was saved. The children aren't going to an entertainment at this hour. <laughs> no, Brother Leo. They're waiting for their new pastor to confess them. In an opera house? The altar's on the stage. The children are quite delighted with the arrangement. Oh, and I mustn't keep them waiting. Oh, how different this is from Patterson. Their horses are kept in the barn. Singers and actors grace the stage of the opera house. And the school bell doesn't summon the children to the firehouse. Oh, if the wind had only shifted and taken the opera house instead of the community. And if that happened, Brother Hillary, I might never know if I could swim. Come, prepare the children for the confession. 
Fortunately for Father Leo, the work of reconstruction could not be started until spring. There was enough to do in administering the parish, hearing confessions, preaching and celebrating mass to keep him busy from morning till night. At the same time, the preliminary preparations were going on for the rebuilding program. Brother Hillary. Brother Hillary. What, what is it, Brother Leo? Have you... Manna from heaven. Guess what's happened? A miracle? Well, in a minor key, perhaps. I just left Mr. Basselin. Oh, indeed. And did you by any chance mention that the church that burned down was made of nice grade number one lumber? The kind he has in his yard? I did. And he's agreed to furnish enough at actual cost to rebuild the entire community. Oh, that's great. Just think how much money that'll save. Why, the markup on lumber must be considerable. And we need considerable lumber. Yes. Now, that encourages me to write to a wealthy lady in Patterson and tell her of our misfortune. And we can hold picnics and musicals and other church benefits. Some of the bigger boys can furnish labor, and the brothers, of course, can work during their spare time. If any. We'll substitute pushing a wheelbarrow for the recreational period. It'll be good for us. Oh, and I was looking forward to perfecting my croquet game this summer. Oh, what are you looking at? That, that bird out there. Isn't it a... Yes, it is. It's a robin. Spring. It's here. We can start digging any day now. The work of clearing away the debris began... May 26, 1902. The same week, the architect arrived and plans were drawn for the sisters' convent, the school, and the monastery. Father Leo permitted no time to be lost. And by July of the same year, he was able to officiate at the laying of the cornerstone of the school and the monastery. By August, the basement of the school was completed so that mass could be celebrated there until the completion of the new church. The work was moving ahead almost on schedule. I write to you this day of August 22, 1902, to tell you we have started work on the church. I would like to see it finished before they change me. September 8, 1902. I had calculated that the school would be ready for dedication a week ago but it had to be postponed until today. Tomorrow morning, it will open with 100 children in attendance. November 5th, 1902. I urged all the people to take the sacraments and was told to have 200 sacred particles on hand. So many came to confession that when Holy Communion was to be given at 7 o'clock and when most of the people had been waiting since 6 o'clock, I had to send them away and tell them to come back at 8.30. But I did not actually finish until 12, because there were 500 communicants. Our brother Leo, isn't that a wonderful sound? Ring it some more. It's almost a miracle to look out and see how much you've accomplished in so short a time. 
When you first arrived, no one would have believed you if you had told them the church and other buildings would be finished and the bell ringing this October. Mm. And still, I'm going to have to write the bishop and tell him the dedication will have to be postponed until Thanksgiving. One month late on a $200,000 construction project? And only because of the damp weather, which wouldn't permit the plaster to dry. Now, really, Brother Leo, you're, you're a hard man to satisfy. Brother Hillary, I was about to relax and get a little rest, but you've ruined it. I, what have I said? Now comes the really hard part. Reducing the debt I put on the parish. We've already raised a little money from socials during the summer. Oh, 500 here, 300 there. We have to devise other means. It's going to be hard to raise money from door to door. So many people lost all they had in the fire. Mm. The lumber camps are operating to capacity. I'll go to them. You'll go to the woods? Do you know what that means? The only way to get there is by sleigh. And sometimes it's 30 or 40 miles a day. And... 30 to 40 below. Yes, but it has to be done. But why? The men come to town every payday. You can ask funds then. And what happens? This small town has nine saloons. They come out of the woods and spend all their money in two or three days. Well, that's true enough. So I must go to them. I don't mind begging from a man who's sober. The one who's drunk gives nothing at all or no more than he can afford. We shall go to the woods, Brother Leo. It's money you're wanting, is it, to build a papist church? Well, it'll be a blasted cold day, Father Leo, when you'll get a red cent out of my Clancy, as good an orangeman as ever left the old country. So I was told by Father Hillary, Mr. Clancy, it'll be a very cold day before you'll get a cent from any of those orangemen. That's, uh... That's why I waited until it's 40 below zero outside. <laughs> He's got you, Mike. How cold does it have to get, Clancy? Yeah. Well, well, I guess it is one on me. You're not dressed very warm for such a trip. We were covered with fur from head to foot. And is this the fellow who said you'd get no money from Marinjan? <laughs> uh, Father Hillary, this is Mr. Clancy. I'm very glad to meet you, Mr. Clancy. I'm not so sure I'm glad to meet you. I meant no offense now. It's only a feeling I had that, well, considering everything, you might not feel like contributing to a Catholic cause. Are you saying now that Ardensmen aren't generous? Oh, no, 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 Mr. Clancy. I'm, I'm sure they're the most generous people there are. I uh, apologize if I've offended you in any way. And I'm sure that uh, Father Hillary was mistaken. Otherwise, I wouldn't have come. Of course he's mistaken. Never did if he said that Mike Clancy ever turned his back on a man in trouble. Now, uh... Why do you need the money, Father? Well, as you know, we had to rebuild. And that put a heavy burden of debt on the parish. I have to pay it off. You hear that, men? The poor people of Croven are burdened down with debt. And the landlord is about to throw them all out into the cold and snow. And the landlord's a landlord. Here's Ireland. Automatical. Oi! Oi! So I'm passing me a hat. You've just been paid, so don't hold back. And remember this. The more you put in here, the less time it will take you to sober up on Monday morning. (laughs) 
Now, here's what you do when you get to the next camp, Father. Tell them how much you're connected here. And if you want to boost it a couple of hundred, no one will be the wiser. For that camp will try to beat us at anything we do. Oh, Father Leo wouldn't do a thing like that, Mr. Clancy. Goodbye. Thank you, and God bless you. No, no, Father, leave that off. I've no right to it. You see, I had a selfish motive in making them shed out. The men won't come back to work until they're broke. I've got a lot of timber to get out next week. By the time Father Leo was to leave Krogan, the buildings were complete, and the entire debt of $200,000 paid off. He had been reassigned to the Patterson province as pastor of St. Bonaventure's Monastery Church and vicar of the Franciscan community. Goodbye, Brother Leo. It's hard to realize the two years since you came to find nothing but ashes. You've earned a rest, which I hope you'll get. I often wonder if we'll realize our hardships of 30 or 40 years when we appear before God. I suppose not. What we've left behind will be of little consequence. And what we shall have endured and labored shall appear to have been a dream. Life is short, eternity long, and there'll be plenty of time to rest then. But now, excuse me, please. I must make sick calls before train time. September 14th, after three years at Patterson, Father Leo was assigned to what was to be his last pastorship, that of St. Elizabeth Church and Monastery at Denver, Colorado. By the 23rd of the same month, he was at his new post. Five months to the day of his arrival, he celebrated his last Mass. That Sunday, February 23rd, 1907, the early worshippers had noticed a stranger moving about the church, seemingly to test the side doors and measuring distances with his eye. And after trying several seats, he sat down on one not far from the pulpit. When does this sermon begin? There's no sermon at early mass. You'll have to wait until 8 o'clock. ...who swaggered forward and crouching beside the others, threw one arm carelessly across the communion rail. The other hand was concealed under his coat. In it was a loaded revolver. Father Leo stood before the first communicant, three to the left of the stranger, and began to distribute communion. Corpus Domini Nostri Jesu Christi, custodiat animam tuam in vitam eternam. Amen. Father Leo made a sidestep and was in front of the second communicant. The stranger's fingers found the trigger of his weapon and pressed against it just hard enough to take up the slack in the mechanism. And now Father Leo stood before him, the sacred host in his outstretched hand. Imitating the others, the stranger's mouth was open and the sacred host was placed upon his tongue. 
corpus domine nostri, Jesu Christi custodiat anima. Look out, Father! The church was in a turmoil. Quick work on the part of an off-duty policeman saved the assassin from being lynched. The parishioners turned toward the pulpit. Father Leo had bent to pick up a host the assassin had spat out when the shot hit him and tore through his flesh to the ventricle of the heart. He staggered, dropping the ciborium of hosts. His only thought was to save them from desecration, and one by one, he began to pick them from the floor. Before he could finish, he collapsed before the altar of the Virgin Mary, at whose feet he had said only a few days before it would be sweet to die. Is he alive? Will he live? Where's the doctor? He's dying. Ego te absolvo. Abomnibus censuris et peccatus in nomine patris et filii et spiritus sancti. This was his finest hour, casting its glory over all the years of his life and giving a luster to the ordinary routine duties common to all priests. And when he was gone, many recalled incidents here and there. His gentleness, his strength, and forcefulness were good. How by zeal, rather than authority, he inspired men. His manner in winning the confidence and love of children. And now he was gone and his body was being prepared for burial. It was then that an unexpected characteristic of Father Leo was discovered. Come quickly, brother, to the mortuary. What is it? You must see for yourself. This chain come from? It was taken from Father Leo's body. Think of the pain whenever he lifted the chalice to remind himself of Christ's own pain. The assassin was tried and convicted and the Colorado Supreme Court upheld the sentence for first-degree murder. Shortly before he was executed, one of the fathers from St. Elizabeth came to his cell. In a short time, you will stand before God. I beg of you to confess your sins. I have no God. Get out. Leave me alone. Did you have a grievance against Father Leo? No, I never knew the man. He was a priest. That's all that matters. You did not know he was to offer mass that morning in place of a priest who was ill? How could I know that? I wanted to kill a priest as he was delivering a sermon. But there was no sermon. I couldn't wait till I killed the man at this other ceremony. Since you did not know Father Leo and had no grievance against him, you were more interested in destroying what he stood for? The Church of Christ? Kill the priest in Albino Church! 
They are coming for you. Have you no word to say in repentance? Death to the priests! The name of the assassin? It does not matter. Call him Judas. For like that namesake who delivered Christ to his death, so did this assassin slay Father Leo. Father Leo was buried at Patterson, and daily people visit his grave and pray. Of him and of each priest it can be said, he is a person with a vestige of immortality, as he has the privilege of leaving in the lives of others some vestige of himself. listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymore for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony's Shrine, Graymore. Attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need. Please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore. Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.